Hello and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm your host, Francesca Hoagie. So podcast listener, first of all, thank you for listening. I so appreciate you. And secondly, I am doing something a little bit different this time around, something I've never done before, which is a two-part episode. And the reason that this is a two-part episode is because I had an idea that I wanted to interview people who had found love over the age of 50. And I wanted to do that because, first of all, there's so much, I don't know, statistics out there and feeling out there about being too old to find love and that, you know, love and dating being a young person's game. And, you know, I talk to people who are 35 and they think that they've missed the boat and they think that love is something that may never happen for them. So I wanted to just inspire people with these stories because it happens every day. And after doing a few interviews with some different people, who found love over 50, I realized that it was probably makes more sense to divide these up a bit. And today's interview is with Suzette Viernan. And Suzette is an author, she is a speaker, and she is a coach. Her message to the world is very clear. It is, you are enough. She amplifies your voice, your value, and your vision so you can experience life and love in a brand new way. Suzette is someone who met the love of her life over the age of 50 after having a relationship history that was dramatic and unfulfilling and being married for a long time to a man who did not value her. And it was because she didn't value herself. And so Suzette speaks really eloquently about her journey to really understanding that she is worthy and that she's deserving of love and she's deserving of respect. And she did something that is really hard to do, which is to break a toxic relationship pattern and to really heal all the old wounds that kept her in that dynamic for a long time. So she has so much wisdom to share. I'm excited for you to hear this interview with Suzette. And in part two of this episode, which will be dropping next week, I have two more interviews to share with you. And um, I'll tell you a little bit more about those at the end of the show. But just wanted to let you know, I was doing some things a little bit differently, but Suzette has so much wisdom to share, including in addition to the topic of worthiness and knowing your worth and how you discover your worth. She also drops so many nuggets of wisdom about why players target successful women and how to manifest love. And it's just, it's a good one. It's a good one, guys. All right. Without further ado, please enjoy my interview with Suzette Viernan. Suzette, thank you so much for being on Dear Franny. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk to you. So you have your own podcast. I do. And tell me about that and tell me about your coaching business and how you became this wonderful relationship expert with this personally inspiring story. Wow, wow, wow. Well, my podcast is named, it's the Enough Factor Podcast, and it endeavors to help high achieving women and a few cool men <laughs> to redefine what makes them enough in life and in love on their own terms. Mm. Uh, I think this is very key and I felt like it was very needed because of my own journey of being a high achiever. 
and my having to get down underneath it as to the reason why I felt like I had to high achieve, overachieve, exhaust myself just to get things done. And I realized that it was because I somehow or another got duped into believing that I wasn't enough, Mm -hmm. that unless I could perform well based on somebody else's measure of success, who, by the way, knew nothing about me, Mm-hmm. That unless I could do that, I wasn't good enough, smart enough. I wasn't enough to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. It really started writing on how I viewed myself. And I come in contact with women who look successful on paper. They're running these Fortune 500 businesses. They're entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, it might feel good in the beginning. But over time, it takes its toll Mm -hmm. and it's exhausting. Yeah. And so that was the reason that I started the podcast. And it also is the basis for my life coaching and my relationship solutionist work is to help these individuals who are mainly women. Mainly black women. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Who life has made to feel like they are not enough in and of themselves. So they need something to compensate. You are speaking my language, Suzette. I mean, I talk about this all the time about feeling worthy, feeling worthy of having, you know, abundance and peace and fulfillment and all of the things that we all want. But we get so many messages from birth that we have to do so many things and jump through so many hoops to be worthy of actually having any of those things. And it's very harmful. So it is. It is. And it shows up in our relationships as well. Absolutely. So speaking of relationships, so Suzette, how old are you? I am a proud 60-year-old woman. Amazing. Amazing. And aging like a fine wine, I might say. Hello. <laughs> I told somebody, I said, you know what? When the clock struck 60, (laughs) I thought I was going to feel older. But I'll be honest with you, I felt younger. Yeah. I really did. I am... You know, I'm 45 and I would never turn back time. I just think my life gets better and better as I get older. I'm looking forward to, I mean, I'm looking forward to being 60 because I'm like, oh my God, by the time I'm 60, I'm going to be so dope. Like, I can't wait. (laughs) Honey, you talk about badass, unapologetic. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to that. So um, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Okay, so let's go back in time. When you were 30, what did your love life look like then? What did your life look like at 30? Oh, girl. <laughs> we need a couple of bottles of wine. For this. <laughs> give me the overview. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to give you the quick and dirty. And trust, there is so much more in between. In but... my 30s, I thought when I turned 30, it was like, okay, I'm a mature woman now. You know? Mm-hmm. And that lasted for about a minute. <laughs> Because underneath all of that, my life, my day-to-day living was stressful. Yeah. And I think because stress was a part of my life for most of it, I minimized the toll it was taking on me. But when I look back, I realized that it was the most terrible time because I was justifying to myself being married to someone that treated me like I wasn't 
as valuable as I am. And I was justifying it with certain little beliefs that, well, you know, it's new. And the longer we're married, the more he'll realize that I'm a great wife, I'm a great person, and he'll start treating me better. And can yeah. I tell you, it didn't happen. I don't think it, it ever does. It didn't happen. Mm. It didn't matter mm -hmm. what a great mother I was. It yeah. didn't matter how great I could make biscuits from scratch. It didn't matter how I looked great when I was on his arm or gave credence to how great he was because I was such a great catch. Mm -hmm. It did not matter that I helped him build his business. And as a result of my investment, we were able to work from home. It didn't matter that mm -hmm. we were six figures. It didn't matter that we were the envy of our friends and our family. It didn't matter because behind closed doors, I lived a life of panic and anxiety attacks. So how long did you stay in that marriage? How old were you when you got divorced? It's funny because when I think about it, I think of it in terms of how many years I served time. <laughs> How many yeah. years my sentence lasted? Because Francesca, I married him twice. Oh, wow. Yeah, the first time we were married, I'd say about four and a half years. The second time we were married about five and a half years. And so that was from age what to what? I married him in 1988. We separated in 91. Mm-hmm. We remarried in 95. Yeah. And we separated, divorced in 2001. Okay. Wow. Remarriage to the same person. So I guess the second time around, it wasn't any better. No, it was compounded the situation. It was a slow walk, mm. but it ended up at the same place. But sadly, it was worse. The ending was worse the second time. So I could not leave as easily. So when you left, you had to start over from scratch? From scratch. Wow. Wow. So at the age of 50, fast forwarding now, yes. at the age of 50, you found yourself single, right? Yes. And actually, I had met someone else mm -hmm. and I had been dating before. But you know what? When you start dating and you haven't really resolved the issues that made it okay for you to be married to someone as long as I was married. But when you haven't resolved your co-signing on it, you bring that same energy and that same toxicity to the next thing. subsequent relationships. Mm -hmm. You are now married again to, and this one is third time's a charm. Yes, third time's a charm. <laughs> and so how old were you when you met your, your husband? Well, I actually met him at 50. I was doing work on myself prior to it. And I uh, started seeing a therapist mm -hmm. to work through some issues that I saw coming up in my past, the unavailable, you know, attracting mm -hmm. unavailable men, narcissistic types. And I started doing work on myself. And then I heard my inner wisdom say, it's time to get back up in the saddle. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, I've, I've just started, you know, being in therapy. And, and I thought you're supposed to wait until at least, what, twice as long as you were in your bad relationship or something like that. Oh, goodness. Who told you that? That could be forever. I don't know. I, I <laughs> I read somewhere that you need to give it at least that same amount of time. I don't know. I can't oh, find no. the book. <laughs> but uh, that inner voice, 
evidently was more wise said but you've been working on yourself our inner voice is always more wise than whatever nonsense comes into our heads or people say (laughs) yeah and so because i had been working on myself yeah to at least a point where it felt like it was time i got back up in the saddle and Mm -hmm. i went on a couple of dates and the difference was i did not stay or rationalize staying in situations that didn't feel right and i didn't give it a long time yeah yeah if it didn't feel right i cut them off how like how are you meeting men i met them online you met them all online okay i sure did i went online and i had a couple of dates and one of the things that i did differently though was that i didn't spend a whole lot of time talking over the phone texting that kind of thing because for me mm-hmm. it brought about a unhealthy sense of familiarity it was like it was premature oh my goodness you are speaking my language is what i tell yeah. people all the time i'm like you have to meet these people stop talking on the phone I told my now husband, I said, listen, I like your profile and this is a real introduction. I said, but nothing about this is real until I meet you. Yes. What made him different from the previous guys was he was like, yeah, sure. Right. When would you like to meet? He stepped up and we met. I think maybe within 24 hours we met, we found out that we worked in the same area. And Mm -hmm. so we met at an area coffee shop. Okay. Also different was this time I wasn't waiting on him to validate whether I was date worthy or not. I said, this is what I know about myself and I am determined to date authentically. I'm determined to show up and be seen as the wonderful, giddy, self-assured, having done her work person that I am. And we sat and we had a fantastic conversation that lasted for about a good 30 minutes. And then I said to him, what brought you to the dating site? Because I realized, okay, it's time to get down to business now. What site was it? Because I know people are going to listen to this and be like, okay, we're, they're taking notes. So <laughs> <laughs> it was actually plenty of fish. Okay. It was POF.com. And I ended up yeah. finding good men on plenty of fish. Even though they weren't the right men, wow. they still were good men. Mm-hmm. And it led to meeting my Mr. Right. Wow. So there's a lot of conversation about the difficulty of women really over the age of 40 online, I mean, really even over the age of 30 in, in a lot of cases, but and certainly black women online, you know, in terms of us being the least desirable and getting the fewest messages and the oh, fewest yeah. likes and all of that. So, I mean, so there's, and that's a reality. I don't mean to diminish it. There's a reality. I mean, there's tons of data to support it, but I am all about, you know, defying those odds and not yeah. letting them define your experience. So yeah. how was it for you? Did you feel discriminated against? Did you feel frustration that, you know, age appropriate men wanted to date women a lot younger? Like, did you have, was that your experience online? Any of those frustrations that we hear? Well, I'm going to be probably the person that's going to say, to me, statistics be darned. Because what was my rallying cry was, I don't need everybody. Oh, my goodness. We are like the same person. (laughs) Just the right somebody. I'm looking for the right somebody. And that's still my mantra. So these statistics, (laughs) you know, for all intents and purposes, yeah, they are true. But what is the truth? These dating sites are like the ocean. You've got lots of varieties of fish 
an occasional boot, <laughs> an occasional tin can. Oh, God. You know, you've yes. got all these different things. They are all part of the ocean. And mm. when you go fishing in the ocean, you are not going fishing in the ocean saying, gee, I better watch out because there are tin cans in the ocean. Right. I better watch out because there's starfish in the ocean. I better watch out because, yeah, there are boots in the ocean. You know, I don't yeah. go there with that. I go there because they're fish. Mm-hmm. So it's incumbent upon me as the fisherman to know the nature of fish, yes. to be clear of what I'm looking for. I love this analogy. It's fantastic. You know, am I going to therapy and getting clearer? It was about me getting clear about what I wanted and how to recognize. We don't know how to recognize healthy. Be open to learning. You have to yes. always be open always. to learning. And mm-hmm. one of the guys told me, he said, players target successful women. I tell women this all the time. And he told yeah. me why. The reason why is because while they look good on paper, they don't really know what makes them enough. Mm -hmm. And so they can be talked out of it. They can be made to question it Mm -hmm. because they haven't done the work to figure out who is the brilliance behind all that you've accomplished. Mm -hmm. And because you're not clear, he can pick that thing apart. I agree. And the more guarded they see that you are, the less vulnerable they see you able to be. That's... I don't even think it's necessarily that it's always conscious. It's just that people know on a very intuitive level, you know, we're attracted to the the dynamics that are going to validate what we believe. And, you know, so they they've got a really good radar for it. They've got a really good radar. Mm-hmm. They do. Because it's just like something that Tyler Perry said. I remember when he and Oprah were having a conversation and he, after his mother had died, he talked about how he was molested as a young man. And mm-hmm. Oprah mm-hmm. was saying, well, yeah, I was molested too. And they said, yeah, oftentimes it happens over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. she was like, they were examining why. And Tyler Perry had, to me, the best answer I've ever heard in my life. What did he say? He said, blood in the water. Oof. Oof. He said, because blood in the water always attracts sharks. That's so true. Abusers know who they can victimize. That is for sure. They know that in their bones. It doesn't matter how you dress it up, they pick Mm -hmm. up on the hemorrhage. They really do. I think it's so hard for people to understand this. And I also think part of it is they get so scared that if I actually look at this and I actually figure out why it is that I always, you know, attract this same relationship dynamic or, you know, the same toxicity, I think they're just so afraid of what they might discover if they look into that and they think it's going to be this rabbit hole that they can't escape from. And, and yeah, that's why I think therapy and relationship coaching is so necessary. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I tell people and I'm, you know, I think my clients they see this once we're working together, they're like, oh, this isn't all pain. This is better. (laughs) Um, Doing this work is better than feeling that old familiar pain and pattern all over again. So I think they get there, but I think that initial resistance to feel that, you know, what's going to happen if I open this box and start asking why I'm only attracted to men who abuse me or cheat on me or, you know, women who lie to me or, you know, whatever your particular pattern is. All of that attraction, it just offers 
operates on such a subconscious level. You really got to make sure your subconscious is on board with what you actually want. And when your energy changes, what you attract, it may not change in immediately, but the more you send that energy pulse out, what really changes is what you accept. Because like yeah. I said, you're still fishing in the same ocean, but you start throwing back the tin can. You start throwing back the old boo. Yes, exactly. You're like, oh, tin can. I've done this already. Not interested anymore. <laughs> you start throwing back the little baby fish because mm-hmm. a lot of us attract <laughs> immature men. So yes. you throw back the baby fish, mm-hmm. you know? And so it becomes a thing where you start getting stronger. You start becoming more confident and self-assured and the energy pulse that goes out through the universe recognizes it. Yeah. Hence, my new husband, who is nothing like the typical man that I thought, oh God, I can't help it. You can't help who you fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Again, I say that's a lie. We tell it's ourselves mm-hmm. because our, our attractions have been trained. We've been socialized to be attracted to what we're attracted to. So if we've been socialized to be attracted to boy man A then we can be reprogrammed you know or if we can be socialized to be attracted to unhealthy we can be socialized to be attracted to healthy yes and we're going on six years of marriage and I have to pinch myself every single day because he is not perfect he's solid yes 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 there's a difference there's a total difference well there is no perfection so everybody who's looking for perfection is going to be very disappointed yeah we're looking for perfect. We're looking for, yeah. oh God, oh, we're looking for the man who will never hurt us, never disappoint us, never, yeah. never, never. That's not life. That's not life. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. If you had a megaphone that was loud enough for the whole world to hear and you could send out one message about love, what would it be? You are enough. All you need to know is why. Mm. What's the why? It's whatever's unresolved in you that makes you think you're not. That's the thing that makes us doubt. That's the part that's unstable because we hear all the time, you're enough. We even say, I am enough. I am enough. But if a person can talk you out of it, mm-hmm. yeah, then that's the part that has to be resolved. Your why. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're trying We're trying to discover what already is. Mm-hmm. Great. Exactly. Um, my second question, and maybe the answer is the same, but I just specifically thinking about people who are, you know, over 40 and they're so much negativity and pessimism around dating and you know once you're over 40 and particularly for women what message about love would you send them anyone who is single and thinking I might have missed the boat maybe it's too late for me or nobody wants to date people my age or whatever those all that negative self-talk about age and love is do you have a different message for those for those people oh tell me love does not read statistics Mm, that's a good one yes Well, that's pretty perfect, Suzette. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I know that I could talk to you for a very long time and hear a lot more of your stories and your wisdom. I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much, Suzette. Thank you. Congratulations on really learning all the lessons and learning to love yourself enough Uh, to have the beautiful relationship you have now with your husband. It was worth it because, you know, pain is going to be painful either way. Either the pain of staying stuck or the pain of moving forward. Absolutely. And there you have it, my interview with Suzette. 
I hope that you enjoyed her wisdom and her humor and her candor as much as I do. I appreciate you, Suzette. Please be sure to check out the show notes for links to all of Suzette's social media and her podcast and her Facebook and all of that and her website, all those good things. And be sure to tune into the next episode, which is, again, it's about finding love over 50, but I have some guests who just have such amazing wisdom to share. We couldn't just talk about that. We had to talk about these other things too, all these deeper issues. So next week, I will be sharing my interview with my friend Tanya Malott, who is a photographer who met the love of her life over the age of 50. And also with a couple, it's actually the first time I've interviewed two people at the same time, Wendy and Johnny, and they are 50 and 56 respectively. And they are both about to get married for the first time and they share their love story. And I'm excited for you to hear part two of this episode. So please, if you are not already subscribed to this platform, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And for those of you who have rated and reviewed the podcast or just rated the podcast, I'll take that five-star rating. I am so grateful. I appreciate you so very much. And I invite you to stay in touch with me. I am at Dear Franny on all social media and I am at Dear Franny Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So very easy to find. Did you know that I am the only Francesca Hoagie in the world? It makes it easy. So yeah, if you Google me, unfortunately, yes, that is me. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Wherever you are in the world, I don't take for granted that you are spending some of your time with me today. I so appreciate that. I so appreciate you and I wish you a beautiful day wherever you are. Until next time.